The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziegler, your premier source for equipping coaches to help leaders and top performers excel professionally and personally. Visit Ziegler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is the podcast people tune into for in-depth discussions on the latest research from our foremost leaders in self-improvement, so you can be growing and more equipped to live at your fullest capacity in body, mind, and soul. This is my Functional Friday episode where we focus on our health and wellness so we have the physical and mental capacity to help ourselves and others. Today, we discuss how to accelerate your wellness by clarifying the end result. And I'm joined by my co-host, Randy James, medical doctor and functional medicine expert. So most people look at dealing with their health and wellness as a problem or a desire and miss the true end result that we're going for here. I mean, we don't want to lose weight because doing so is fun. We want to look better. We have an image we're trying to achieve, or we want to feel better or fit into our clothes. And many people don't want to exercise, but they want to have more muscle or mobility and capacity. I enjoy cardio stuff. I don't enjoy the, you know, stress resistance, muscle resistance and, uh, doing things with weights and stuff, but I do it because I want to look a certain way and have a certain capacity. I mean, most people don't want to sleep or meditate or fast from food, but they may desire to do so for again, that end result. What is that? And that's your power. What is the end result you're gunning for? The why? And Randy will ask patients at the beginning of treatment if their goal is to be in the next Olympics or slide into a nursing home in the next few years. And the question sounds facetious. It is. But few will choose either side. The point, however, is to consider and decide where do you want to be on that polarized spectrum? And it also brings to the surface that most of us are just looking again at that face value problem and not giving focus to the most powerful ally in our wellness journey, which is the clarity of, and then commitment to a clear envisioned end result that transcends the mere problem or lack. If you find value from the self-helpful podcast, be great if you would leave a review Though the best thing you can do is just discuss it. Discuss what you hear with someone else. You can always connect with me at my website or social media at kevinmiller.co. Next up, Dr. Randy James and I talk about this end result that we're all striving to get to in our wellness. All right, Randy. So on this topic, I mean, this line is from you. With patients. I don't know if you do it with every, do you do it with every single patient or I know you always kind of tongue in cheek, you know, is your goal, the Olympics or nursing home? Is that literally a first patient inquiry? Oh yeah. Yeah. Almost all the time and using the extremes and I, I kind of point my arm. Are you, is your trajectory way up here at the Olympics or way down here? Are you going to be satisfied with the nursing home? Okay. And so obviously it's kind of a, a exaggerated question. You probably get a little chuckle, but then literally, I mean, I've not been privy. I'm not, I'm not listening in. What are some literal responses that you get from patients? Well, besides a blank, uh, a blank stare, uh, like, yeah, uh, there's I a chuckle. Know. And, and, and oftentimes I'd say 20% of times people are, are dumbfounded. Like, I don't know. That's what they're, I They're wondered. stuck. 
And uh, there's a guy that you and I both know that's the father of a, of a friend of ours here locally. And he looked at me and he said, I'm, I am the national champion in this sport in my age group. And I was like, well, that's okay, awesome. let's keep you, yeah. keep you up high. And uh, nobody has ever said, you know, I'm just satisfied with the rock and chair and a glass of tea and watch the grandkids. Which is biased because they wouldn't be in here if they were. But, right. uh, but I know because I have been privy to so many of them that you've got, let's take the extremes. So you have one patient, well, like that, the national championship guy, but you've got a patient who is how old, who's just trying to better his ultra marathon time, his hundred mile or whatever. And he's 60 yeah, He just something? crossed over 60. Crossed over 60. Set the record. For Run Rabbit Run. Okay. And so you've got that. So you've got some literal. Uh, well, you've had Olympic athletes. You you had an Olymp- the last Olympics. You had you had an Olympian here that we can't name. But um, so you've had that. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I remember the guy who uh, they first called in, and his goal was to get out of a wheelchair to go. I think he literally had an event in mind, which was awesome. He said he wanted to go to Washington D.C. visit the military memorials. That's his background one more time. So he wanted to get out of a wheelchair. So I love that as the other end of the spectrum. Right. Yeah. And and the and then you got everything. And the frustrating between. thing is most of us are in the middle there. Most. Of, but what I love and why we're doing this topic is how few of us. Well, back to your blank stare, the dumbfounded. We've never thought about it. What do I have a health goal? Where do I want to be now? And of course, most of the patients you have come in here, they do have something they're dealing with that they just want to get past. So that's probably the answer. I would just want to get rid of this, this ache or pain. But for all of us listening, what's our health? Most of us don't have one. Maybe we have an achievement that we're looking towards, but what, what is a health goal? Where do I want to be in three years? What do I want to be able to do or, or make sure I can't do? Right. That, and on, on both sides of, of the goal, and even for people coming out of a pain, yeah. their likelihood of coming out of a pain is much better if they are specifically saying what that looks like over here on the other side. Yeah. And you mentioned the three years. So to a 16-year-old, I, I don't say, where do you want to be in 20 years? I mean, they, right. they don't know. But let's, let's say to the average adult, you know, 25 to 65, you can look 30 years down the road. Yeah. And you can look three years down the road. I was going to say three years is... And you can look three months. Okay. So in three months, they'll say, I want to be out of pain, or I want to have my cholesterol numbers better, or my blood pressure, or my this, that, the other. I want to be off of medicine. Okay, that's a a three-month concrete thing. But if you don't have sort of the next horizontal aspect out there, the three-year-ish, or let's just say one to three years of, okay, we're... You want your cholesterol to be better. You want to lose 10 pounds. But why? What? To do what? So you're saying, get, let's get past the short-sightedness of this issue. That makes me think of weight loss. If somebody says, or, yeah. okay, I want to lose 50 pounds, that most people are looking just at that. And you saying, it's brilliant. Why? What's yeah, the bigger well, picture? What kind of person do you want to be? I want to be a person who doesn't weigh this much. Who let's can, say you wake up tomorrow, 50 pounds later. What are you going to do? Yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, uh, what clothes are you going to wear? How are you going to think? And of course, that's also not fair because for the person who's 50 pounds overweight, if they could wake up 50 pounds lighter, they're like, oh my gosh, the glorious miracle of what this would be. And I was like, I, I understand. It's just like the idea of to a financial planner saying, I want to have a million dollars. Okay. What are you going to do? If you wake up tomorrow, you got a million dollars. Yeah. Is, is your life going to be that much different? What would you do with it? And in reality, even if we say a million dollars, because most people, if you're hitting sort of that retirement age or whatever you need about somewhere in there 
but that doesn't mean you're going to you know go buy a Lamborghini and a cruise and a whatever. Oh no, because I, I, I love the train of thought. So here I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on, dude. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what episode it is, but in the Ziggler show, it's going to be episode like seven sixty nine somewhere around there. Uh, the ruthless elimination of hurry is the book by John Mark Comer, and he's talking about the non hurried life, and he talks about how we're so hurried and stressed with time. And the question that I love that he poses kind of at the end of the book is okay. Well, I'm going to paraphrase. What if you woke up tomorrow morning and you had five hours more per day? What would you do with it? Would you exercise and have that deep relational talk and date night with your wife? Would you uh, budget? Would you write a book? Would you start doing all these things that you say you don't have time enough for now? Reality is no, we just fill it with all the crap we're filling you, you, our time with now. That's right. You would watch a little bit more movies. You would swipe a little bit more on exactly. Facebook. <laughs> and, and, end up, and end up exactly where you are now. Yeah. So it forces us to say, okay, how can we be a better steward of the time that we have now? I, and, and that's I, what we're saying. Bigger picture. I well. love the idea of how can we be a better steward of our molecules, our yeah. body, our ATP, our energy to to do what we want to do. And now we're right back to, okay, is that going to be the Olympics and run a four-minute mile? Five-minute mile? Six-minute mile? Seven-minute mile? 52-minute so, mile? Well, so I want to get into some specifics because this is so far outside in the effort. I know we're always trying to be sensitive. It's not to dis traditional medicine. Like you said, and to, to give it the kudos that it should have. If you're in a car wreck, Rock on, man. Especially if you're in America, America, it's a great place to be. You'll get fixed. If you want health and wellness, this is not where we do it well. And so, yeah, when you go to a traditional doc, get traditional medical care, you are dealing with managing illness and disease. You are never asked about maintaining or achieving a better level of health and, and wellness or even just maintaining what you have. So this is a new thing for most people, yet the people listening to this show, that's what they care about. So this aspect of creating a... Goal. So let's talk about what, what are some of the, again, aside from dealing with that acute issue, some of the goals that people come out with. I want to. You know, I'm always thinking about the most recent patient we had. And so this week, um, a guy that, that you know, that, you know, that, that flew in and he's oh, got, right. and, and he, he thinks about this deeply because of his own personal uh, profession as a financial planner for people. And when I'm asking this, he he kept answering me, okay, I want to be able to take care of myself. I want to be able to take care. I want to be a really good dad. I want to, and I'm like, I roll my eyeballs. I'm saying, you're you're being too general. Everybody says, I want to be, like we said towards the beginning of our our shows, don't say I want to be normal, happy, healthy, well, or back to, you know, a good dad. I need, I, you need specifics. Does that mean you're going to play an hour of soccer every day with your 16 year old? Does that mean, and, and he referenced the incline, which is a famous hike in our local area. I want to do the incline last year. I only made a hundred yards. I'm like, okay, well next year, 200 yards, 300 yards, 400 yards in one hour, two hour, three hour, four hour, be specific, right? That that's exactly what he tells his client. Give me a financial goal. That's okay. Let's elevate that. So this guy is, how old is he? All right. He's 52. Is he? Okay. Um, so he is, he's a financial planner. Dude knows how to make money. He's a high level asset manager, financial planner. This is an intelligent, smart, educated, affluent person. And yet he's in here because he is suffering from a name sign. I mean, he's, he's, he feels like crap basically. He, well, ultimately that's what he says. I, I even tried to be, okay, be specific about what does I feel yucky mean? 
And the list of, you know, mostly is fatigue. I don't feel like I can do what I used to be able to, to, to do. And for years and years, it was uncontrollable IBS. And, and now it's mostly fatigue and I'm not at my best. I know I, it takes me longer to do what I know I could do. Therefore, I am giving my clients less. I'm giving, yeah. and my family is getting the leftovers. That's what his biggest thing was. That's because he's, conscientious to his clients and his family is now getting left. And I do know this guy. This is a guy that he doesn't look super, his skin pallor is a little off, pallor uh, is a little off, but you wouldn't know it. He's, he's not real overweight. He looks, you know, he looks well. So here's something that nobody knows. And yet I remember the first time we met him, he was having a bad day He, he was on and he was day. struggling. Now he got inspired during our conversation. Right. I was going to say he mustered. Yeah, he did. He coped. He, he can do that. Great. Who out there? Is mustering every day. You cannot yeah. do that every day. That should day. be the name of the show. That is it's, good. We, and, and to balance this out, we also want to say mustering is great. In fact, let me quote Kevin Miller, who a few years ago said, God has called me to muster. I can muster. <laughs> and, and then until Steve I Smith could, said, until, yeah, until like, you can. <laughs> until I couldn't. I mustered, until I, which is where we all are, and that's where, well, that's where your patients are. They've been mustering and mustering until they can't, and that's, then they that's come That's exactly in. right. And, and these are, like we have so often said, you just said, they're high in, not high income, they are highly intelligent, highly driven, conscientious. That's why they're here, is they know they're not missing a medicine or a supplement. Yeah. Or a, a a week of vacation. This is the accumulation of all of these avenues that go into what we call well being. There is no lab that's going to ever measure measure that. There is no supplement. There is no medicine. This is well being, as defined by each unique individual. Yes, uh, and they've lost it. Let, let me highlight real quick too, because we're talking somewhat from a physiological physical standpoint too that we could say the same things about mental that somebody who says and i wrote down some things that you know next year do you want to have do we think we don't think about it mentally next year do you want to have the same or more cognitive ability uh creativity critical thinking skills and when we can get into just the ability to have hope and inspiration which we're seeing people have less and less ability that's so on the other they side can't even is, muster to that point well right and we call that depression yeah, fatigue, anxiety, which word on brain all, fog. Am I wrong? All word on all time. Okay, diseases of despair, and and we are also at an all time high of the ease of which people can mask it with caffeine, sugar, alcohol, a phone, constant entertainment to take you away from it. Ma- okay, yes, I love that. That the all time high of masking it is a great reality, mm-hmm. and an all time high of normalizing it. That oh, it is that's the a norm. good point. Everybody doesn't think that they're that sick because they're just like everybody else. So, so that's what we do. We 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 minimize and normalize it. That was yeah. the article I was showing you in Outside Magazine that's out in the oh, practice yeah. foyer here, and the headline guy is uh, ultra marathon rock star dealing constantly with depression with this hole that they never get to talking about why and. And I'm afraid that we're not doing that anymore. We don't ask why well, anymore. We just accept it. Right. That was, that was not the point of the article. But what you it and was, I took away was this guy was masking his pain with running. Yeah. And that was his Zen 
And they you know, showcased it, not to diss him, but they showcased it as a valiant thing instead right. of saying, gosh, like, why? Like, hey, good job. I, it was just, a, it's surprising how often we talk about the maladies and we never ask why. And I'm afraid the reason we don't is because it brings We're in the possible scared of the culpability. Yes. Well, and how do we do that though? Cause we can't folks. I don't want anybody to hear that. We're saying anybody out there who has anything wrong is your fault. We can't cause you can go and, that. To well, some, and at the same time, if it's not their fault, whose is it? Whose is it? And what the heck are they going to do about well, it? It's genetic. No, that's feedback loop in no control. Then it's out of control. Well, let's, let's take that off the plate. Then let's say regardless of whose fault. Let's not, do we even have to go there? It's just, can anything be done? Can we, do we just accept the malady or can we do anything? And there's hardly anything that we say, well, it's your quote. Nobody can be perfectly well that we can all be weller. Right. Everybody. And I, I, that is something I say to every new patient. Here's the foundation of my practice is what we just laid out. You'll never be perfectly well. You're going to die. And however sick you think you are, you can be a little bit better. Yeah. Whether you're on your deathbed or whether you're 15 or, or whatever, everybody's on the spectrum of, and now we're back to, okay, here I am, and we, my level of imperfection, Yeah. where do I want to be in three months, three years, 30 years? Yeah. What, what's my, and, and again, back to the basics of most people, that's an airy-fairy horizontal thing out there. I don't really, I don't really know. I don't really know about my finances. I don't really know about, you know, where, how, where's your marriage going to be in three years? What are you yeah. aiming towards? I'm going to have a 17 year old in three years. What are, what am I teaching him to aim towards of us as a family? And, uh, we we do have a budget. I know kind of what things are going to cost a month from now, but I really don't. And I'm confessing here. I don't have a financial goal of where I need to be in five years or 10 or 15. And so, you know, the financial planner guy would say, well, you're, you're well, not we doing should, good stewardship. We, we should, uh, well, we should, yeah, that, true, on, on the aspect of stewardship, we should talk about that, that you and I, obviously, we wouldn't be doing the show if we weren't high on the list of health and wellness as a priority, but then we both would, would attest to finances is not a strong area for us. I am not doing, I am not doing the appropriate financial planning for my ultimate That's right. maximized financial You health. and I, but we stink at cars. We stink. That's true. We, we really <laughs> don't know how to do cars. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is why we want to make sure we can run because our cars might break down might break if we don't down, take yeah. care of them. Well, so let's get into, you know, if you look at some performance goals, gosh, where do I want to be in three years? You know, cause you could easily say, we have some people who, you know, look at athletic things like, gosh, I'd like to be, a, be able to do a, a 5k or, or walk a 5k or do a 10k or do a marathon or around here. It's people who just want to be able to go hike and see the beauty of the Rocky mountains or ski is a big one that mm-hmm. I hear a lot. I want to be able to continue skiing. And who was it? Was it you talking about a friend or something who was, they were, no, no, it was uh, our buddy Scott Stearman who said he had a friend who was out there on the slopes, had come to Colorado, the dude's 82. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is, that's a viable goal. I don't know how many people are going to actually have to create an athletic feat, but if we take it to, do you want to be able to tie your shoes? You talk about that and bend down without pain or not get up from the chair and going, the grunt, which we're supposed to, you, you, you just turned 50. I'm, I'm about to, and we're at that age now where we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to get up it's from normal. the chair. I even found myself doing it. I thought, why did I do that? It didn't hurt. What, what is wrong with me? I'm watching too much TV and making this the norm. I don't want to be the guy that gets out of the seat and grunts. I want to be able to jump up like my kids, run up the stairs and, and be fine, which I try to do just to make sure I can keep doing that. But what are some of those goals? I think well, again, it's so- laboratory goals, 
okay. you know, weight goals. Um, and the esoteric goals that a lot of people are confused about that we talk about in the clinic um, that are probably never going to be talked about in the real medical world about telomere length yeah. and coronary artery calcium score. And I'm not arguing that these should be standard of care. They're not. I would argue they shouldn't be standard of care because if somebody's going to you know, be content with McDonald's and sitting on the couch and they don't want it, then don't even look because you're not going to do anything about it. And then it's not going to be good news. Yeah. But for the person who wants to lean forward into these biomarkers, there is their value. Yes, there's value, but there's no concrete plan. Yeah. It's just feedback information that helps you to say, okay, in three years, could I have a bone density of this? Could I do 15 pull-ups? Could I have a, a cholesterol number of this and a weight of this and a bicep circumference of that on and on and on the list goes. And we're back to most people just don't think about it. They are unaware. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. You all know I greatly value and pursue my health and wellness, and I'm always looking for better products and resources. Nutritional supplements are a staple for me, and a must is a probiotic to support my gut health and function. A probiotic is something I've taken each and every day for the long-term cumulative benefits 
Seed is a company that makes a symbiotic, which is actually a unique mix of probiotics and prebiotics. Probiotics are beneficial bacteria and prebiotics are food for these bacteria. So Seed's symbiotic containing both helps balance my gut bacteria. So together, the Seed DSO1 symbiotic benefits my gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. Taking seeds, DSO1 symbiotic, and avoiding the foods I know my body is sensitive to has taken me from constant digestive problems to almost none. I trust seeds clinical trials and breakthrough research that's been published in top scientific journals. You can entrust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash drive and use code 25DRIVE to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash drive, code 25DRIVE. Well, so another way, if people are sitting there listening to this and wondering, I don't know, what do I want to create some physical feats list? I do like the counterintuitive aspect of that as saying, okay, in five years, 10 years, whatever, especially for people who are in their 50s, 60s, whatever, am I okay with not being able to do X, Y, Z or, or lowering this? So in at age 60, do I care if I can't do one push up, one pull up, whatever, which again, the in and of itself uh, of doing that, who cares? But it's, if you can do that, you're probably going to be doing able to do X, Y, Z. And then we're going to get into cognitive ability, which the two are not separated. They're not separated. And, uh, and we're also into, you know, that that's a great point. You look at the negative and you look at the positive. If you look at the negative as well, do you want cancer? then most people are like, well, yeah, but that's not going to happen to me, probably. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of right. I mean, it, uh, but if you look at, if we go ask the average 51-year-old, well, can you do a pull-up? The answer is, well, no, but I don't need to. Well, the fact that you can't indicates that you're also probably unresilient or incapable of doing all this other list of stuff. Do you want to be becoming that guy? And... Here we are on the, so the negative, the positive, and like we've talked about a lot, which one is more motivating? People tend to remember the negative, the, but motivationally, negative is, is less powerful than the inspirational, aspirational positive. Yeah. Once you have it, you fear losing it. Yeah. And well, so, let's talk about propensity. So if you can do like that, if you're a 60-year-old, let's take a male who can do five pull-ups and I don't know, 20 push-ups and run a mile in nine minutes. I I don't know the numbers on this, but if, if you can do that, the chances are you will not have, as opposed to your compatriot who can't, you will not have as many headaches. You will sleep better. Your, your energy will be higher. Your cognitive ability will be higher. So we just had in the news in this, you know, the recording we're, we're in right now, February of 2020 for people to listen to this later. Uh, but we just had a 62 year old former U S Marine broke the world planking record with a time of eight hours and 15 minutes and, and 15 seconds. And the guy's name is George hood, which is if it wasn't document, I just wouldn't believe it. I mean, I don't like planking for a minute in, in all truth. I can and honestly say I don't want to plank for eight hours. I do not I have I no care. desire to do that. 
I am interested though, because I went and looked about him some and the dude is, you know, a hundred percent cognitively there. I like that. I do like that. And so what do I need to do? I don't think I need to plank for eight hours to be cognitively well at 62, but what do I need to do? And now we have to say in all honesty, Kevin, that, that it, it, this is where sometimes I think the, the, uh, we run out of momentum. We run out of steam because the answer to your question is so infinitely complex because you cannot know for Kevin Miller, age 49, what do you need to do to be 50 and 60 and 70 and 80 to be cognitively intact and not have back pain and be able to run up a mountain? The answer is we don't know, but we can go to propensity risk management mitigation yeah, i don't like that i don't like we do know how do, how do you say it? we don't know specifically like it's in a measured thing but i mean if you look at we're on true life show this is 21 if you look at at shows i think three through 13 those are kind of going through the pillars of input output right. recovery really we're saying those do are all those things to have the be best likely. propensity yeah. okay all right all right sure <laughs> so you can't give us specific but those are the things to give my chance so we're we are living today uh to the best of our i hate we're never doing the best of our ability no, but we are doing a lot in the in, in these areas of life so that we are the 60 70 80 year old we just had uh somebody just it was the oldest living man it's like 112 that just happened also i think he was chinese or something like that and in reading about him what i loved is that it talked about at the age of 104 he and his son built a home or a barn and were gardening that's what I like. And he, and he did some other achievement that he, uh, I think he grew, he grew a bonsai tree that was an award-winning thing that the dude was active at 104. I'm thinking, man, I got 50 more years of possible productivity. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and I, uh, that guy guaranteed did not say, oh, it's statins that did it or, oh, it's, you know, my vitamin C that did it or, oh, whatever. In all likelihood, what he'll say is our four pillars. Here's my yeah. relationships. Here's what I care about. Here's my, my rhythmic habits of sleep and exercise. And I always go every year to climb that mountain. And I pray this way. I, I did, that's what he's Yeah, and say. I don't know for sure. My assumption is back to the blue zones. Yeah. That if we took somebody in Okinawa, Japan, which is one of the top five, six healthiest you know, areas, that he they would say well generally what they said like in the book is they don't think of exercise and diet or whatever their lifestyle is right they just exercise and good diet yeah and one of the things there that the the zone in and of itself is they are doing it together yeah the likelihood that if that guy has a 103 year old buddy yeah that they they do this together and in okinawa what i remember from the blue zones was you know the 85 year olds out there doing the gardening and the bowling and whatever they're the young ones yeah <laughs> like they're the they're the beginners in the old folks clubs yeah and uh i thought how how remarkable how unique we don't have that it's you know it's interesting i was thinking about this one of my kids said something about you know, carrying guns, talking about biceps. And it just hit me. We're in such an age right now of talking about how many people in America and I don't know the rest of the world, but have guns. Let's so we can talk about America. That's a big it's thing. It's very confusing because I really thought you meant guns because we live in Colorado and people carry guns. Well, I'm, I'm mixing the two oh. because we have so I'm many and, and, and to you and me, do you have a gun? No, I don't have a gun, uh, but which, I got guns. 
Well, I get, that's my point. <laughs> You're still in my thought. Is is I was thinking about that and how many people have a gun and when you ask, you know, why it's and it's just in case, just yeah. in case if there's that one that Randy and Kevin, you guys are not being responsible because you know, and me especially, I live out in the woods. I don't have any neighbors who don't have guns. I don't think right. literal guns. You need it for a bear, a mountain lion, a bear, a mountain lion, or yeah. somebody does try to sneak in your home. You don't have any line of attack, and they would say to be responsible. And I'm thinking. How much more apt am I to need the guns on my arm? Uh-huh. Now, not big. We're not talking Arnold Schwarzenegger, but capable. the ability capable to yeah. protect my family if that thing happened, which most people yeah. think uh, it's not. Well, I don't think I'm going to get attacked by a bear. They don't think they're going to get mugged. I don't either. But just in case, do I have any ability? Do I have any ability to swim out and help my drowning uh, kid? Do I have the ability to help somebody, an old person lift something up? And I, I, I thought that's been a while since I've helped somebody move. That used to be a big thing, you uh-huh. know, especially in church. Hey, everybody come help Bob move. And you go and do that, that these days you got to get younger and younger and younger people because the older people are older, like our age, aren't able to lift a whole lot or they're out of breath. And we have just accepted that as the norm. And I feel as a, I was going to say a man, but even just as a person, what responsibility do I have to be well and able, even if it's just in case, because again, we're in a culture right now where we do not for survival for flourishing, we need to be in shape, but for survival, we do not have to be physically capable. It, I tell or, you, this, or mentally to some degree, depending on the job. Mentally you have. capable. Yeah. This is where this gets me is is the big picture of community and even nation is I I feel so convicted to for myself, my family, and for those around me to to be living and thinking and breathing in such a way as to be becoming a kind of guy who is self-sufficient forever until I die. Yes. Not to get to retirement and say, oh, thank goodness, I made it to retirement, now I can coast. Now the government is gonna, has got me. Now, and when people now, do, and, and now people say the society owes them. Yeah, and when people do that, though, in all literal, literality, is that a word? Uh, literalness. When they do that and say, okay, I'm done now, they their go decline they go ramps up. That's right. and, and we all are paying for that. Yeah. Our old folks in general are a detriment. If, you know, if, if somebody's listening and they're old, it's, it's, you know, hear me with a grain of salt. This is not a critique on people. It's an, a call out to inspiration and aspiration to say, be becoming the kind of person that can still, we live in a society that says once you're past 65 that you're not productive or, or you go to Florida and you just kind of play shuffleboard. Yeah. I, we don't want to be that. I'll never forget the patient that you had. It was when we first started working together, who was 60, 65 or so, came in here, went through your, if I can call it a program, you know, but but, but uh, with you, and later testified and said, man, I was, you know, this age, all my peers are going downhill. I just assumed that that was the direction I was heading. And you've given me a 180. And I have a new lease on life. I loved that testimony. Yeah, that. That that testimony is great. In contrast to that, an eighty-two-year-old woman who's kind of spry, and she came in, and and we were chatting and talking, and her great. She talked about it all the time. Last year I went here. Next year I'm going to the Antarctic, and mm-hmm. the, she went to the Antarctic. Then she had sort of a family crisis, and I said, "Where are you going next year?" And she's like, "Well," and you can tell where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Once that fire kind of went down once the purpose went down once the in in all fairness you know at some point we do get old we get tired we get 
We get what people die. People come to an end. Great. I can't wait for that moment. That's going to be a great moment. We just want to do it well. Well, that's your analogy that comes to me. You know, even when I talk about the, the, the old person and me living to be 100, of course, no guarantee. My, my uh, date of expiration could be 65, but I'm going to do my best to make it as long as I can. But to your point, when you said, because we have elk on our property, you said, have you ever seen one hobbling behind the herd on an oxygen tank and a cane? <laughs> Laughable, but no, they're going strong until they can't. And then it's over. And we, and I think it's your word is we linger, linger, right? We linger in infirmity and just, and again, I can't guarantee that I won't. I'm just trying to increase my propensity. That's right. That it I it is. We're back to, it is risk management or mitigation yeah. or stewardship or care. I still love the analogy of, of a garden uh, or a car. A garden is a better analogy because a garden is a living thing. There's seasons. You must tend it. If you don't tend it, it doesn't mean it dies and goes away. It means there's more and more weeds that are choking out the life of the plants that you care about. Yeah. So you tend, and eventually this garden will die. Okay, between now and then, what kind of fruit do you want to produce? What kind of garden are you growing? What, what's the direction? Uh, what's your 30-year planning, your three-year planning, your three-month plan? And not that we can live according to a spreadsheet, but in our culture now, we're kind of living according to nothing. The next thing in front of our eyes. So we're hedging the odds, if anything yeah. else. We're trying to, yeah, well, and we're back to your term of be becoming every day. What are we being becoming? And I would say the majority of, you know, middle age and honest, but even it's getting younger. I'm afraid is we're, we're, we're devolving. We are getting less. I mean, we see that with kids now that generally, you know, younger kids are, are active, but we're at an all time high also of inactivity with kids. And especially after they get out of whatever grades they have forced, you know, required recess. Now in high school, man, kids don't have to do anything you can you don't have to take a physical activity and there is none you go to school you do your work you go home you're on a screen and there's no physical activity so i don't know how early we could viably say physically you know are they still going to be at a certain hopeful level of, of decency but you're going to be less able physically and and conversely or not conversely jointly mentally you're on a decline you're either on a decline or you're working to maintain or you're trying to get better. Who are you be becoming? Yeah, which is true of all of us at every age, at every phase of our lives. You don't get to not think about it without consequences. Many people choose to not think about it. Let's go to that teenager. They're not conscientiously thinking, hey, I'm devolving. Yay, look at me. Uh, or I'm evolving. I'm getting better. It is, and that's what we're doing the show for is to increase awareness and to say, okay, at some point in the day, the week, the month, the year to lean into this, because if you don't, your culture, the, the constant daily, whatever is pulling us this other way of devolving. And now we see, it's amazing to me where we see the statistics about the increasing obesity, the increasing inactivity rate. And yet we also see this guy who can plank for eight hours. Right, and it's kind of... But he's just a weirdo. That's right, we, well, that's what I was going to yeah. say. It's the black and white of our extremes, mm -hmm. right? Where it... I feel can, extreme if I could do eight minutes. Uh, Planking? Goodness, I haven't even tried. <laughs> I, I, don't know a, I know a minute stinks. <laughs> it, uh, I would... I, that was a derailment. I said, that was, that's, just, that's just so ridiculous. It, it, but. 
But you could also look at the world record of pull-ups. I mean, whatever thousand number that is is yeah. going to be ridiculous. Yeah. You know, there's, and that's I think that's what people do is they go to the Google the world record the whatever and and there's a whole pull-up club out there and the polar bear club and the hundred mile club and the this club and that club and and it seems like it's happening all the time yeah. and we have sports that are growing and we have these you know the, like our kids if you're going to play soccer holy cow you've got to be in it to the nth degree and and it seems like a lot of people do that and they do because sports thrives and all of this stuff but the mass of us in the middle are kind of just sort of fludging our way in there. Well, maybe it's polarizing more because you, you have, you have, word, you have those who are doing nothing and those who are doing something the select ones are real have to do it. They're, speci- they're specialists, yeah. Yeah. but we do have, you talk about kids sports. I mean, they are at a, at a consistent decline as far as participation in kids sports overall. So what I've read, I'm uh, okay. not a scientist, but, but what I've read with that, that we are, but you know, going back to this, I feel like to a degree, to those who are listening, the adults listening, to maintain where you are, to strive just to maintain, in essence, I think is improving. Because oh, if you, the if rest you, of every, the yeah, yeah, everybody else is going down. So if you're 35, if you're maintaining, you're doing well. Let's say you're 30. Let's say you're 30, and you can, again, I'm making up the numbers. You can do five pull ups because the national average for a male, I think, is one, and for a female, is zero. Might be two for a guy. That's the average. That's the national average in America, I think, of a pull up. But if you, so you can do five. If you can do 20 pull push ups, is that decent? I don't know. 20 push ups. <laughs> I know you can do more. Uh, but, you know, say 20 push ups and you can run a mile again. And I'm going to pick, I don't know, nine minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, and do that at the age of 30. If you just do those things every week, three times a week, whatever, and you can do those when you're 60, let's double the thing. That is. That is an increase. That's an increase. And, and now if you can do them when you're 90, yeah. you're amazing. Yeah. And there are people out there that can do them. And I'll never forget seeing some, you know, super old ladies that she was uh, interviewed and they said, what do you attribute it to? And she said, every morning I get up and she did some little three, five minute routine of lifting some little bitty weights, you know, and jumping around whatever. She says, that's what I do. And I've just always done it. And I, that's what struck me. She's able to do it now because she's always done it. Yeah. It's so much harder when you get to that age and you've seen those with your patients, somebody who gets to that older age and now they've hit a wall and now they're trying to revive. And it's so much harder. Generally they can't get to the place they'd love to be if they had just continued that lifestyle. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier, and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit. 
which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So my book and this podcast are named What Drives You. And what drives us, the great things, is our own values, our known values. When we go astray, it's because we've lost sight of our values. Therapy is key for helping you clarify what matters most to you so you can do more of it. I was late to taking advantage of therapy. It was only for crisis. But now myself and most of the rock stars I have on my show get therapy regularly. For most people, the main hurdle is starting therapy. I recommend you try BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's flexible. It's suited to your schedule. And trying it doesn't involve an afternoon of your time and all the hassle. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapist anytime, no additional charge. You can learn to make time for what is most valuable to you. So visit BetterHelp.com slash what drives you today. You get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash what drives you. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. So I, I like to picture in my head you've got the two, you know, a, a graph, x-axis, y-axis. And like you said, people are devolving. So if you just picture a slope downwards as you age, and then on the other side, there's a slope upwards. And so in this particular example, the downward slope, I'm going to say that's the value of what our country calls healthcare, Right. Supplements, medicines, this, that, and the other. At, at 65, if you've got a, you've smoked, you have high blood pressure, have high cholesterol, and all those kind of things. The statin therapy, blood pressure therapy, those, the value of that for you to not have that, you know, heart attack at 65 is is right here. It is what it is. But if you're 85, the value of those medicines that are helping you not have a heart attack today compared to the value of your sleep, your exercise, your whatever. Yeah. So the weight of the importance of the daily consistency of your yeah. activities and choices and mindset is going up. Every day, those 15 pull-ups was a slightly slightly increased weight of importance of stewardship than it was last week and the week before. Yeah. And then, as if then again, if you're 80 and you can do your 15 pull-ups, holy cow, holy cow, that's keeping you at this incredibly high-functioning level now compared to the 30-year-old doing 15 pull-ups. And and so we live in a society that says, "Oh, I'll get to it. Yeah. Oh, I'll I'll get you know when I'm 30, 40, 50, I'll, I'll get to you know when I have enough time to exercise, when I have enough money to where I'm secure, and I can you know we we think of all of what you and I are talking about. People actually think of it as luxury. Yeah. Yeah. And rather than it is normal necessity to be becoming who we want to become. Yeah. And this isn't a hey, folks should be doing. You should be able to do. Uh, 
10 pull-ups at the age of 80, whatever, but just the reality that you could, most people could, I mean, it is possible. It is not, we have accepted the norm, but it is not, I don't think supposed to be the norm that we are so continually infirm and going back to the goals thing. And you talked, you mentioned a heart attack. Well, it's less than it. Is anybody out there, especially if they're in their forties, fifties, sixties or whatever saying, you know what, in three years from now, nah, I'm okay. If I have a little more headaches, I'm okay with some joint pain. I'm okay. If I can't get up that well, if I'm breathing heavy, I'm okay with a little more brain uh, fog with going a little slower up the stairs. Actually, I'm okay with not using the stairs. I'll just have to be one of the people who needs to do the elevator. I don't think anybody is consciously making that decision, but I think subconsciously we just assume and expect and submit to that. And so this comes back again to what is your goal. So, I mean, you brought that to me. That's why we're doing the show of next year. Where do you want to be to set a personal physical mental performance goals that you want to be able to achieve and maintain. I I just smiled because I thought of all these, you know, I don't know if it's still a thing, but these internet challenges of an Mm -hmm. ice bath or whatever. Nobody in America is saying, Hey everybody, I'm going to challenge you to three years from now, 15 pull-ups. We don't, we don't have a, America is not a blue zone of a consciousness that can sustain a thought for three years, much less three months, much less barely even three days. Right? That's why those internet challenges is right now I'm going to go fill up an ice bucket. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a part of the thing. And it's gone. Yeah. Right? Whatever that ice bucket thing was, it's no longer here. And, and we have this, this internet whatever culture. And for us to be talking about... Even in the internet world, the thing that that grabs a hold of somebody's consciousness is going to be the Zamboni. Ugh, what the the exercise craze that was the. Uh, oh, yeah. I know what you're thinking about, <laughs> but I love the fact that you said Zamboni, <laughs> which is that slow that's butt the, machine on that's the, the ice. ice uh, yeah, I, I know what you're. It's it's uh, but it, it's kind of gone now, I right? Can't remember what it was called? And yeah. these fitness crazes and these diet crazes and it's it's all just what you eat and what you do mm-hmm. and a pull-up is still a pull-up is a push-up is a and people hate that how boring how you mean i gotta get up every day and and just do it I, it it is i mean i i do i, I mean I, every pretty almost every more half ah, five, six days a week, usually six days a week, I am exercising and the mountain biking and running I love, but when it's butt cold and and dark in the mornings here and I'm up in my rec room lifting weights or doing, you know, some hit circuit or whatever, I, I can't say that I enjoy it. But again, it's the, what is my goal and what's the lifestyle? And something you said made me think of a guy, his name's John Asaraf. He wrote the book inner size. And, uh, he just in the course of the show that I did on the Ziggler show, talking with him, he is, and I want to say he's 55, 60, something like that. And he and two buddies, like old high school friends or whatever, they decided to do, it was kind of like the six pack challenge that they were going to do. They took a year and the goal was to, they were going to meet. So they bought the tickets. They were going to meet on some beach or island or some cool getaway together, come back together to reunite, but with six packs. And what it did for them. So who cares about having six? They're married guys. You know, they weren't out to, to, to have a fling or something like that. It was just a personal goal and how it changed and altered their lifestyle. John, for him, he said, gosh, okay, so if I'm going to do that, I got to make a change. He hired a personal trainer. 
And uh, for whatever reason, he decided to go vegan. Not that that's the, the point, but for his own diet, he decided to do that. And now he loves the lifestyle that he then had to adopt to achieve that. And of course, this is, you know, a year later or something, he had continued doing that. That again, going back to the point is not to be able to, who cares about doing pull-ups and push-ups or whatever, though you can't impress people. Uh, but who, you know, aside from that is what, a, what goes along with that. The, the mindset of it, which I'm, I'm smiling because this is Sitcha, the, I forgot yes. that guy's name, but Joshua Spodek. If you type in Joshua Spodek, Sitcha, uh, last name is S P O D E K Sitcha S S I D C H A Sitcha, which is an acronym for self imposed daily challenging, healthy activity. He wrote a blog on it. It's brilliant. So am I still in your thunder? You want to tell the point of it? Yeah. The, and the point was. It's and his thing was burpees, right? So he's the burpee guy, and mm. he just crossed the line. He says, "You know what? Uh, what's the? I need to exercise in a short amount of time." And he Googled around, and he says, "Well, there's this burpee thing. A lot of people say that's the best thing you can do in a short amount of time." So he did it, and now he does fifty a day because he just does. And he has for I mean, I think he's into the thousands of days, right? In a row. He's in in a row, and the rest of us then the America has the mindset of saying oh so you're saying if I do 50 burpees a day I'll be like that guy and happy and well and, and a professor and all this stuff he's an astrophysicist uh, well, an astro- <laughs> he's, he's, he is the rocket scientist <laughs> yeah. and yes meaning if you have the mindset yeah. And it can be, and his point was, it could be a cold shower. It could be a self-imposed daily challenging house. It has to be self-imposed. Yeah. Nobody else is making you do it yeah. daily. Yeah. It can't be something like take a nap because it has to be challenging. Not, yeah. I propose every day I'm going to eat a donut. It's got to be challenging. It's got to be healthy. It's got to be an active thing. Yeah. And his theory is, whatever that is, pull-ups or uh, for me this season, so I have to confess I'm a little bit off on the daily exercise, but where I'm on is meditation. Is that I'm committed, I'm doing it, I set up my apps, I set up an alarm, I set up a, a I rearrange my day to make this happen. Yeah. And I know, I count on the fact it will change me over time in a day or two, a week, a month, a year, but. So over time, that now is it the one minute, two minute, three minute, or whatever? It's is it or is it the mindset of I'm doing that? And of course, you and I are saying we want to be doing all of these things. Yeah, the mindfulness part, the exercise part, the nutrition part, the sleep part, self-imposed daily challenging. Well, you, am I going to be the be becoming that type of person? Yes. And again, looking at the deposits, and you're the one who inspired me to get up earlier in the morning and have my. Uh, you know, devote for me to a devotion time, a spiritual time that now is that meditative time as well. But I also thought about uh, like Michael Jr. He's a, a comedian, uh, incredible guy that I interviewed in his, one of his daily habits. He says, before my feet hit the floor, my knees hit the floor and I give thanks and have gratitude. He wants to be becoming that kind of a guy and he does it every single day. So we're back again to the, you know, again, what are the goals? What do you want to, what do you want to be able to do here? Or what do you not want to end up as is, is I, I think for some people that may be, this goes to Tom Ziegler, who I co-host so many of the shows with, they, he referenced a study they did on goal setting mm-hmm. and found out that if you take, you know, goal setting, uh, that's only really about 20% of the populace, about 80% of people are goal setting. Doesn't motivate them, inspire them, speak to them. Problem solving does mm. same thing. 
You know, mm-hmm. semantics to some degree, but most people think in a problem. And I honestly do. I think about here's a, a problem I want to solve. And that becomes my goal. Great. As opposed to here's my goal. So folks, if it's not that I don't care to be able to do five pull-ups, but I do want to be the person that can bend down and pick something up and help someone, uh, and not have to rely on somebody else. Okay. Well then doing five pull-ups a day, that will help you do that. Okay. It's a means to an end, uh, and to look at, Again, that, what is the goal? Well, so for me, that, as we've said to each other this year, I, uh, I desire to increase limberness. Yeah, me so too. So I attached my consistency of mindfulness, devotion time, and creating a 10-minute spot there, whereas for the last, since high school, I, was, I really worked on limberness in high school, and since then I haven't, yep. and I'm not. So for the last 30 plus years, I have become what I have become. And over, so in 2021, I want to be able to say, okay, there's a, a consistency of mindfulness and that has gone, in, gone along with, I am more limber than I was. And I count, I trust on the fact that I yeah. will be a better me than I would what, have been. So, so you just did a mature thing. You said, okay, I'm not limber anymore. I, w- I don't want to be the type of person who's not uh, who's increasingly not limber. So I'm going to start this now. That was the healthy thing. I, however, am doing the unhealthy thing. I am doing a similar thing, trying to be more limber and stretch, but I'm doing it because I let myself be becoming the kind of guy who got plantar fasciitis. And now I have pain in my hip and I can't run, which I hate because that's a primary part, especially in the winter when biking is not a possibility. That's a primary cardio and heart love desire of mine is to run. I can't because my heel hurts so bad because of plantar fasciitis and a hip thing. And ultimately it seems to point to just my lack of flexibility. So I am healing those things by being flexible, but I'm suffering in the meantime because I wasn't mature enough to come to it earlier. Well, you just did do the mature thing of the reactive, the reactive, not the, okay. True. Yeah, that's true. And so I, everybody who's hearing this, is on one side or the other of that. But I didn't make the goal to, I want to be, I want to be doing the things so that at age 49, I don't have lack of mobility problems. I did not make that goal. Now I'm suffering. Hence the blessing of pain. Well, yeah. And the mature response to pain, the immature response would be, oh darn it, it's not fair. I can't believe my genetics is doing this to me and I'm going to have to take Motrin and just sit in a chair for the rest and of And I life. can't run anymore, which that I is. I can't run anymore and therefore yeah. I'm going to, well, that's why I gained a few pounds and on and on and on. That's what I hear all the time. Culturally, from patients, yes, culturally too. Oh, I'm like this because this factor, that factor, it's not my fault. Don't make me change for heaven's sakes. And let's hope somebody else will pay for it like insurance or the government or something. And it's like, okay, yep, if, 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 if you're that person, I don't think any of this would be very inspiring. But to not be that person. Gosh, but that's a great, what you said. When did we get to the point where when, what is the age and this is a you know psychological uh, social thing. Get to the age where if you're th- if you're 25 and have a knee injury, you get it fixed and you do rehab. If you're 45, even more so, 55 and have a knee injury, you just stop. General uh, on average, when did we stop? Where's the point to where we go? Hey, I'm going. I have an injury. I am going to do the work to rehab that and get back to where I want to be. And where do we at some point just submit to it and say, I have an injury. I'm just going to protect it let it atrophy and do less. And we're in a culture who is more and more and earlier and earlier taking the ladder. And again, it's normal. 
So we're talking about being a freak and saying, man, I'm 60 and my knee just went out. I'm going to rehab that sucker so I can ski again. That is, that's weirdness. That's as weird as being a 62 year old guy who can plank for eight hours. And yet where do we cross that line to where we decide, ah, so be it. I'm just going to devolve. Culturally. I don't, yeah, that's, that's why we're doing this show. Yeah, (laughs) it is. It is. So, you know, what's left is to look at what are your goals? Where do you want to be? Where do you, what do you not want to succumb to? Maybe again, another, another perspective. What if if we went on a limb here and we challenged each other and we challenged listeners to write it down? I I still have it. We're doing the show on it. And I have, I conceptually written it down the power of writing it down. I have it. I confess. Yeah. I I would, that's a little scary, Uh, but there's authenticity. There's a little. Uh, well, we're f- we're you're, you're 50. I'm just about there. So at 60, I am almost 52. Are you really? <laughs> you're old. Okay, so at 60 or 55 or 60, what do we want to be able to do? What do we what do we want to make sure we're not succumbing to? What does that take every day until that point? What if you and I write it and post it? Okay, report back and, and invite other people to do that as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, deal. There's a challenge. Okay, <laughs> darn shows. Uh, this is <laughs> now we're going to be. I can't be hypocritical to the arm, arm message. Okay, all right. Well, hey, folks. I hope that was uh, helpful. And uh, yeah, so we've got homework to do, as hopefully you do too. So that question again: In the coming years, or soon enough, are you aiming for the Olympics or to slide into a nursing home? What is it you want to be capable of? What decline are you okay with or not? These are sobering questions that we can all consider right now. Thank you as always for choosing to tune in to the Self-Helpful Podcast. Uh, as always, if you got value, be great if you would leave us a review, tell others about the show, and the best thing you can do is just pay it forward. Talk about what you heard here with someone else. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself so that you can help others. Most Americans at New Year's are thinking about improving their health and losing some weight. In regards to eating, the feeling is generally it's going to cost more money, more stress and effort, and you got to eat bland food. Well, a solution to all these is HelloFresh. HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You skip trips to the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's literally number one meal kit. You can make saving time a viable resolution with quick, convenient recipes. They're delivered right to you. You just choose your meals and select your delivery date. And HelloFresh handles the meal planning and shopping. So you just open your weekly box of pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes. And you're cooking quickly with ease and joy. My family loves HelloFresh. We just open the box, follow the recipes, and have something new and interesting and good for us. It's become one of our family's favorite activities together. So go to HelloFresh.com slash drivefree. And use code drive free for free breakfast for life. You get one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash drive free with code drive free. HelloFresh, it's America's number one meal kit.